progress. Did you hear that? I heard that. I like to start on the start of the word progress. Recording in progress. And we are both in progress. My name is Brendan Michael McNamara, and I am certainly a human being in progress. I am Andy Swindler, also a human being in progress. And this is Totally Classic, a podcast in progress and really about progress, even though it's funny, I'm not especially um, progressive when one would determine it as a purely like uh, ideological political standpoint. But uh, I do believe in progress, I think personal progress more than um, anything else. And this is part two of a conversation uh, we started a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the question being that we're trying to question and answer even potentially. Um, although really, let's just make progress in questioning the question or in seeking, in heading towards an answer, uh, which I think, again, we, we talked about right, too, right? Uh, you know, perfection, you know, don't let uh, perfection be the enemy of good. Um, and and I was like, oh, let's head towards perfection. So we'll be making some progress towards perfection, but I can't promise that it won't be cyclical in asking the question pronoun or anti and generally just speaking about like what do pronouns mean in our modern context and when are they helpful and who determines what someone's pronoun accurately is and what does it mean to call someone by pronouns they may or may not uh, identify as and how much does identity factor in and blah and blah and blah and blah no but i say all that blah 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 not to dismiss anyone's comprehensions thereof but just saying it's it's there's ellipses at the end of any conversation in this realm uh, because we live in a world now where the conversation has already concluded and I, to me that's the dangerous part and why we need to talk about it uh, we're at the part where it's already concluded and people have already decided it is this way without the conversation um so that to me is like oh this is why we have to excavate this and this for, for people who have already settled the issue that'll be uncomfortable but tough luck for you because you settled it too fast in terms of a cohesive community response like we have to we have to dig this up we have to um debride it which is to sort of remove any necrotic tissue so it doesn't heal over and cause a deeper social infection we got to figure this stuff out together um and not assume anything but uh in the very least until proven otherwise, that everyone is seeking to reduce harm. I think it's been a good, consistent um, conclusion of our conversation so far. You're like, oh, yeah, I think that's, that's generally consistent. Um, anyway, yeah, all that just to say uh, that's what we're talking about today on Totally Classic. <laughs> and we had talked last time kind of talking about misgendering and how one could identify misgendering. And um, I'm... I won't summarize the entire hour-long conversation, but I did have an outline for our conversation. Uh, Andy and I both tend a little bit towards nonlinear thought, so we try to have outlines, which was Andy's idea and my execution, so this is how we work together on that, um, trying to use our brains to be hopefully 1.25% uh, smarter uh, than, than we would be individually uh, and ascertaining the way to go. Um, but next on the outline would be I thought maybe this is a little too scientific to leap into, but this is what I was thinking anyway. Um, well, no, actually, Andy, let me do a choose your own adventure. So I think you could either proceed from let's we could do like a harm benefit analysis, get real scientific about it of um, the gender sex separation, which I think is kind of a fundamental undercurrent that we kind of kept bumping into last time we talked about it, um, meaning that gender and sexes were not separated as concepts, but synonymous and co intermingled until looks like more most solidly in the 50s and 60s um but they were especially semantically uh, synonymous until really within the past like generation or two or do we start with 
maybe an even zoom out kind of thing, which I think could relate to a bunch of other issues, is the question uh, which relates to this, is disagreement hatred? Well, a couple points of reflection, just, you know, some context. Yeah. I, I just yeah. got back from a two-week trip to Palestine, Israel, and Jordan, and yeah, that was my first time to that um, part of the world. And this idea of, of sex and gender constructs, it seems to manifest in a much clearer way or, or more tangible or perhaps more strict way mm -hmm. where, you know, we would visit a mosque and the oh, yeah. people who were with me, who, you know, appeared female and whether they identify that way or not, like, were asked to wear coverings, you know, heading into the mm -hmm. mosque. So, yeah. And so that is alive for me. Uh, it just, you know, oh, yeah, for but, sure. Like, that's something that's pretty major that's happened between the first part of this recording. That is, that is, that is very different. Yeah. And I'm not here, I'm not saying any of that's right or wrong. It just is. And I observed it. And, and as a man and somebody who looks like a man and identifies as a man, uh, just walked through, just, just, you know, so that was kind of my experience. Yeah. It was really, um, facing none of that. And I think I want to be careful not to get into to judgment or too much, um, I don't know, imagining what other people believe, but I don't, I know some people would say that, oh, it's like, that's really a bad way to treat women or something mm -hmm. in that culture. And I hesitate to say that because I, I hesitate to condemn an entire culture you know, that I don't understand very much about just because they don't seem to operate the same way that I do or that I want to. Yeah, um, yeah. And I was in people's homes, you know, where where what we would call like traditional gender roles were in place where the women were cooking. And and, and at the same time, you know, even in, the, even in one of those, I can think of where we just had this absolutely amazing feast. It was like beyond belief, really. Um, it was like she also has a, a day job she's a teacher you know and it was just because it was a, a yeah i get the days all mixed up i think it was <laughs> saturday i don't know it was a weekend and it was like oh because it's a weekend she has time to cook and it was yeah. like like what do you mean time to cook like this i don't even understand this feast like this would have taken me like three months to even <laughs> oh yeah 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 Oh, though the hospitality cultures outside the United States are there. There's not all cultures, obviously, but there are many cultures that make you go, "Oh, <laughs> oh, y'all, y'all do it up." <laughs> You're like, I'm lucky if I like pass somebody a bag of chips when they come to my house. <laughs> exactly, and this was, you know, to be clear, this was in Palestine, and you know, I was even noticing the kitchen was perfectly clean. I was like. If I had managed to make all of this, there's absolutely oh. no way the kitchen would look like, you know, so it's no, total mess. And and just like we were seated as guests at the table and like the the family didn't even really join us. You know, it's just so there's I don't know, oh, I'm, I'm, and, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm drifting off a, a bit from the tone of this conversation, but but you know, in and all of that, there were, you know, women doing cooking and you know, serving us and and they were like they had head wraps um and you know just things that aren't common in the parts of american culture i'm in and and yeah. i think that some people choose to criticize and 
and at the same time, I think if there's a point in this, it's simply that I didn't really sense that they felt they that all I felt was love and support and hospitality and yeah and there are women making different choices about maybe even how they show up in those cultures um now um so anyway hopefully that made some sense I I just felt like that's that's something I've been living in and observing really present for me and you know and I it the other thing that may be relevant is just in the context of language barriers, you know, trying to, you know, I picked up a little bit of Arabic and it just, I think a big part of this is, is coming back to like, what is the point of a pronoun? The point of a pronoun was to simplify language. Yes. I think. Right. Yeah. Simplify communication, right. Even at a more fundamental level and understanding, simplify understanding, mutual understanding between divergent human beings or, you know, separate human beings. Yeah. And so it also just occurred to me that, you know, when we're, you know, it, I guess there's a question emerging, like, is it almost a luxury to pick apart one very specific piece of, of the English language when when we're communicating with somebody, when we don't speak each other's language? Yeah. We're not, we are so far from that level of advanced, you know, <laughs> yes. tinkering, yes. tinkering that, that. Yeah. Dare I say nuance? Uh, that uh, I don't know. Like I don't want to throw it out, but I'm. I was also just like, ugh. Like, yes. Well, yeah, that that, that yeah. that's hilarious. That's a very funny like lead into. Well, a it is a good hearkening to recall that sort of functioning within an entirely different paradigm of consideration is. I think we tend to think of like, uh, you know, whatever culture we're in, we're like, oh, we've evolved to this point. You know, as though this is. This is where one would get if one was evolving, right? Uh, whereas every member or collective of the human species in a different geographic region under different pressures and circumstances, quote unquote, evolves or really just progresses, I would say, which doesn't have as like, oh, it's got better. It doesn't always get better, but it changes over time differently. And they arrive at a different place at the same in the same year, in the same Anno Domini 2022 that we did. Um, and it's functional and dysfunctional, you know, just like ours is. So it's a good thing to consider, I think, when people, let's say around pronouns, right? That like, let's say we made a hard and fast rule in our culture to be like, we did it this way before, now we're doing it this way. And to know that that would play out multiverse style into a society that would figure out a um, an equilibrium and it would be dysfunctional and functional. You know what I mean? And there would be people feasting together in love. Or if we said, no, we're not going that way. We're sticking to this way, right? Um, in many years, we would be sitting around tables enjoying each other and still. So I think I, I say all that just to like take the pressure off sometimes some of these third rail conversations, not as much for us, but slightly for us, but for everybody, which means whoever like loses this argument, like we're, it's, it, it's, yeah, we're, things are going to be messed up and things are going to be good. And people hopefully still will at least have the access of feasting together and enjoying each other's, enjoying each other's company. <laughs> and, and for those who aren't, you know, super fans listening to every episode, maybe a, a brief context that I tend to be somebody who leaps in and I'm like, oh, oh, oh yeah, we should, we should do the pronoun thing because that's going to reduce harm and we should throw out thousands of years of language. 
Whereas yeah. you tend to be more linguistically conservative. Yes, I'm. I've, as I've said on this show before, I am. Uh, I'm not a political conservative. Um, although certainly there are people who would identify as such, and I would agree with them on things. But there are people who are progressive, and I would agree with them on things. Um, I'm a registered independent, but I. Uh, and I'm a semantic conservative where I was like, language, we got to be really careful. We got to be really careful about changing it. And I didn't even, th I only speak one language, like, right. So then I try to be, which is probably one of the reasons I'm especially conservative, because I was like, I am a curator of just the singular language. But you bringing up translation actually takes it into a whole nother difficulty level in terms of, <clears throat> especially in a culture like that, where you're talking about people are continually being sorted. They are being sorted by outside sources. And I was just, it made me think of those like first, first computer games I played when I was a kid at school. So many of them are about sorting. Something comes down a thing and you pressed a button to make a thing open and sort things into different bins. And you're like, oh, you sort them and you sort them visually. And we sort, you know, uh, gender slash biological sex, like by visual, visual cues or even beyond that. Um, I, I guarantee if somebody who lived in like a full hijab culture, some who people who like had to organize people at a mosque could, if they looked someone in the eyes, might be able to tell from eyes only if a man or a woman was inside a hijab. I always wonder that when they do that in movies where someone like puts a hijab on to like get by. And I was like, well, if someone was used to hijab in that culture, I'm pretty sure they would have means of appraising human beings inside hijab. So, but suspension of disbelief for a spy movie, it's fine. Um, but no, having even none of those cues, there's still ways we would recognize and sort such a thing. But thinking about it in terms of as a noun, maybe this is why as a semantic conservative, I'm especially like deeply hesitant uh, to buy into the world of adaptive pronouns or malleable pronouns because it's supposed to be a noun simplifier. And at this point, if people are allowed to pick their own pronouns different from how it would be sorted externally, uh, or by any sort of objective validatable means, it's actually not a simplifier. It's kind of a complexifier because then it becomes, uh, yeah, anyway, it becomes much, much harder. I was just thinking about that in translation. You know what I mean? Because you couldn't, it, let's say you didn't speak a language to someone and they called you the he or whatever. And you were like, mm, well, actually I'm not a he. And they would be like, oh, they would think they got the language wrong. And you'd be like, oh, did I? And you're like, well, no, you didn't. But you see what a... And then can you imagine how long and difficult that conversation would be in broken English? Oh my goodness. It's almost impossible with fully like single language, you know, monolingual human beings. So it's like, that's a real complex conversation, which to me gravitates towards the gender uh, biological sex separation. Because again, that's, that's a brand new concept in human history that we're batting about. And I, I feel like it's only in some places on the earth where that conversation's already done. Like here in the United States, in some quarters, we talked about Twitter, for example, is a place where the conversation's already over. The conversation's over. The, the law is already set. You will be removed from community if you do not agree that people, every individual determines their own gender. I'm assuming separate from biological sex. I'm assuming they've also concluded that conversation while never having that conversation, but I, I don't actually know. I don't want to, sorry, I was about to say that, but I don't know that I should presume that. But anyway, that's a cool thing from your trip that I had not remotely considered of the difficulties in uh, multi-language translation, let alone individual. Well, and I was recently having a friend, uh, conversation with my friend Susie and who I was referring to as she. And, mm -hmm. you know, she revealed, this is actually with another, a third friend, um, Albert, who was 
um just asking i mean he's a, a a man and he he was just like i don't i don't get this pronoun thing i'm not against it i just really don't understand you know yeah. and, and he's yeah. got he's got kids you know like young adult kids who are really progressive and i remember him talking about that in various other contexts of, of just how kind of plugged in they are to various political things and all this and and so i, I like the way he asked it it was just very innocent just like like I just really don't understand, you know. And I wonder how yeah. much of that. First of all, that's true. Just there's so many people who are just like, oh, for sure. I just don't get it. I don't even understand. Um, but it was interesting, you know. Susie was, you know, revealing that, uh, you know, and it's funny. I almost don't even don't, don't even know what pronoun to use because you know we had referred to her as she. She never pushed back on that. Never made it a big deal. But in that conversation, she was like, oh, you know, I, I, I feel like more like one of the guys. And that's that's how I've always felt. And I remember in the last episode, like, I think we got into that a bit. Like, that's my experience talking to transgender friends or, you know, people who. Yeah. They, they're, it's not just like one day they woke up and made this decision. It's like deep, deep down. They've never felt like the identity of the world was sort of imposing on them was was true for them, was was what they feel deep, deep down in their body, in their bones. Um, but a lot of times they, other friends in other contexts, especially as I do work in the, the diversity, equity, and inclusion industry, the pronoun thing is quite stringent. With, okay, Susie, yeah. with Susie, it was different. I mean, she was just like, I don't, I'm not going to worry about it. She was like, if you asked me, I, I guess I would tell you like they or he, but just wasn't a big deal for her. And she, in fact, yeah. she said, you know, the only, and, and I keep wanting to say she, which is, which is interesting. Um, and she was like, the only time I would ever correct somebody is if they were using it in a derogatory way. If it was just they were mm -hmm. basically abusing the idea that that she was born as a woman mm. to be sexist and, and yeah. to put her down for that. And, that I, and I, my reaction was like, well, that just seems to fall into an even bigger category of like, don't be derogatory. Yeah, don't be sexist. Yeah. But isn't that interesting, too, though, as a maneuver? And this is part of my theory, too, about pronoun claims as well which is when you run into things you don't like there's this strange inter this is what is it this tendency amongst people to kind of then then they're going to shift away from it which is really fascinating right like i will she'll take on the positive attributes of she but once it hits the negative she's like well i don't want those and then it's like oh well that's interesting then i mean because it's a little bit i understand that and push back all you want really i mean uh, and i would welcome that and i think it's actually a smart tactic however also tough luck because that's how categorization works generally right so it's like the same way as like if i'm like oh you can talk about my pale skin as much as you want when you start saying negative stuff well i don't like that of course i'm going to talk about it but also for me kind of tough luck because <laughs> that's how society has organized me, you know? So then I also understand the pushback generally. And that's the interesting thing about pronoun usage because it's caught, we're in a very interesting thing where it says, and this is the fundamental disagreement though, I think uh, the, the separation of gender and biological sex, which I don't find convincing. That's the part I don't understand. Like, why would that be divided? How would that be helpful? Because it's not for me. And it's not, I think for, I would say probably the majority of people in this country, it's just not even something anyone would even consider. You know what I mean? until you start talking about gender, like, oh, gender identity. That's, a, again, that was a, a term coined in the 1950s by John, I don't know if it's pronounced money or money. Um, so it's a, it's, a, it's a new concept. So then 
the uh, what what's very what's kind of compelling and interesting is the thing of like trying to change. I don't know what in order to like resist something that of course I would say barely exists, which means social imposition of what a, a woman means has little or nothing to do with what being a woman means. That like I don't care about that. Like personally, me, you know what I mean. Um, I was like, that's not that, that's not of interest. So then, for me, the, the the wiser thing would be to change culture, and just be like, oh yeah, you're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong about what a woman is because I'm a woman and I'm a woman who does this, this, and this, which you think is quote unquote male. You're incorrect. And and again, the reason you would be able to say that is because you literally have game like genitalia. You could flash your badge. You could whip your dick out, whatever, if that's how you want to play it, which I think is hilarious, honestly, um, because both vaginas, uh, vaginas are weird, more funny looking close up, and but penises are funny looking immediately. Like, let's be honest, like we have, by I think by far the, the, the sillier, the sillier immediately, like making a statue, men's genitalia is completely ridiculous, um, but making society change. But at the same time, even as I say, I would prefer people to do that, uh, that is also what people are trying to do. They're trying to make society change in terms of semantics, which I feel much more protective about than social mores. I don't care what society tells you men and women are supposed to do, but I do care about language because I think it's much more important. Like we can change, we can change the ideas of what men and women are, but if we change language, we lose fundamental structures of being able to communicate. And I was like, that's way more dangerous, you know? But that's just, you know, that's me looking at the harm benefit. Yeah, well, I, if I'm hearing that right, I want to confirm this. Sure. Um, I think that does get to the, the root of it because to, you know, my best interpretation is that it's for, for folks who feel different than yeah. what's being imposed upon them, that that's always a, a tension, if not an, an actual re-traumatization. Uh, re yeah, yeah. It's active because it's like, yeah. over and over it's like no you're like oh you're, you're, you're yeah punched in the face with with something i'm not um and so in a way i think that's that is what is attempting to be done is like let's let's get out of these strict you know definitions of what yeah. man and woman is and then and then stop applying those just just because to me just because you perceive me a certain way i mean you're you're a brilliant example like you're just I've always appreciated your style uh that it's funny like in that way I'm far more conservative I think in you know in terms of you know here I am in my like REI hoodie and you've got I mean <laughs> I don't know if I ever put I these videos up I don't even know you look like a, a I'm yeah I'm, li I'm literally wearing a, a minstrel that just walked out of you know yeah I'm wearing I'm pretty much dressed <laughs> yeah I'm dressed like a semi-fashionable like a Pakistani man was my yeah. goal that was my goal today so yeah so kurta or whatever like yeah i'm basically wearing a dress that's a highly fashionable pakistani man and, i know, know. Uh, oh thank you thank you uh and so you know you're uh, it's an interesting even though if people never see this video i want them to understand that coming from you as a man uh yeah who, who and I think it didn't even at one point you say you you shopped for women's jeans because like men's jeans were super boring. Oh, men's jeans are men's clothes in general are terrible. Yeah, no, I, I mean I go to thrift stores pretty frequently. Like I've had to stop now because my closet is my closet is legitimately full at this point. Um, I've had to replace the little things that hold the I don't know what they're called the little flushings or whatever that you put the bar into because uh, my my 
closet bars have fallen down uh, twice. So I've had to replace the plastic ones because they keep breaking because I have that many clothes uh, with the metal ones. Um, but yeah, and I've never related to men. I never wanted to be around men, really. You know what I mean? As a kid, I was like, I don't understand what they, all these, I don't, I don't like. And the same way I said as a kid, when I was like 12, I was like, I don't like white people. I'm racist against white people. I used to say that quite a bit. Um, but in some ways, like I was also a child. Like that's childish thinking. You know what I mean? Um, white people aren't the problem. Like specific white people are the problem. And uh, honestly, uh, black, black people are the problem and brown people are the problem and what, whatever. Red, red and yellow, black and white. They're all, they're, they're all the problem. And they're all also the solution. So, so stop, ease up on, your, on, on what you're, you know, uh, overly essentializing uh, categorization in that way from, from person to person or whatever. So yeah, for me, I'm just like, let's change those things. So, cause I think of, to me, the best version is uh, the phrase boys don't cry. Now I didn't hear that a lot uh, from my stepdad used to say, um, uh, walk it off, laugh it off. Uh, shake it off when I would get hurt or whatever. Like that was the solution. Just kind of move around or rub it, rub it off, like rub it, just rub it, rub your wound. But like crying was like, just, I mean, he didn't tell me not to cry, but you got the imposition socially that like boys crying was kind of like, you're a wuss, you're a, um, gosh, it's so funny. Look at me pausing, censoring my own language. Uh, but we would, there was, uh, there was a, a slur that I think most kids didn't actually know was a gay slur. Uh, the shortening of the word for a bundle of sticks uh, to help anyone clarify that uh, people would just call you names, call you things. And then I was just, you know, in some ways it's a weird thing. Cause it's almost like I'll just become, it's the rebellious thing of it kind of like, Oh, that's an interesting twist on it. Maybe that's why people start identifying as pronouns that they aren't is once the world tells them often enough that this is what these people are like, then people just go, it's almost like when you tell a kid, he's a bad kid. Well, you're just a rebellious little kid. You know what? You're just a rebellious kid. You're, you know what? You're just rebellious. You don't listen. You don't listen. And then surprise, surprise, eventually that kid stops flipping listening, you know? And likewise, if you're told, well, boys don't do this and boys don't do this and boys don't do this. Eventually you're like, well, I guess I'm not a boy then. <laughs> you know what I mean? As opposed to saying, guess what? Boys cry you're wrong. Like you're just literally wrong. So it's to me, I was like, leave, leave language alone and you can just tell people they're wrong. That's my favorite thing. I actually think in some ways the pronoun trying to switch pronouns and have a conversation without involving other people is a, it's, I think that's part of it. It bugs me too. I was like, it's very indirect. It's a very strange thing to like. So like when I go on Twitter and then find out one day that you can't, you can't quote unquote misgender people or you get banned until you apologize that I was like, wait a second, like what? Like, A, I missed the whole conversation, which is my least favorite thing. I want to I want to be in the conversation. That's why I like hanging out with women in general. Uh, but also because it seems, I was like, we're, we're not having the more important conversation here. We're going to just be like, nope, just hate, can't do this. This is the way it is now. I was like, no, I, it seems to me actually that we have a ton, especially growing up as, as a, I guess, a non-conforming man. Uh is that like, that seems to be the problem. Like that's the thing we need to start reshuffling and figure at the very least having a very comprehensive conversation about what is appropriately masculine, what is appropriately feminine. Well, Which I took, yeah, and that part of it. So that part of it, I too, like I am, I'm an ally to that conversation for everybody. Yeah, I mean, a couple of things. One, it actually came up in this recent conversation as well, but yeah, it, something similar occurred to me. It was like, you know, maybe it's, it's just that somebody is so disgusted with, with the way an identity is held yeah like men would be an a good example of these days yeah uh, for sure but they're just like oh god i don't want to be associated with that i uh, totally understand you know, 
the other piece is for me, and this I don't always trot out because it it can be even harder maybe than the gender thing, uh, is actually talking about like masculine and feminine energy, mm-hmm. which is which is even which is subtle and, and but also transcends all all of the physical characteristics and yeah. And, I mean, it may it may end up manifesting as as something yeah. physical, but to me, um, and there's a whole like sort of branch we could walk down there. But yeah. going back to this, what my friend Susie was talking about, um, yeah. another thing she mentioned that I thought was intriguing was that she was actually against like all gender bathrooms. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think she was talking about you know it's common to have like male and female or boys and girls and then like a a, a like a non-binary alternate and like just yeah just everybody and i don't think that's what she was talking about i think she was you know in some cases we're just eliminating it we're saying it's all gender yeah 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 which is her i've been in the girls bathrooms that's a terrible idea the girls the the girls the girls lose i'm sorry girls lose and i've met plenty of feminine dudes who are still tend to statistically be messier than than girls i've met messy girls too whatever you know what i'm saying there's exceptions all over the place but that's a bad that's and a bad deal. Like, like couches and perfume bars and you know, all this stuff. I, um, women, women's like, bathrooms are Shangri-La. <laughs> but, but her point was that it that it actually reduces safety. You know, oh, abso- and, yeah, and absolutely. A number of times on the show that like statistically yeah. men cause more violence. So yes. yeah, like there is and, a and that's not identif- that has nothing to do with identification. Those statistics are based on gender is biological sex, is gender is you know what I'm saying? So then we can't just be like, oh, well, people who don't like that's those statistics have never, maybe we can start sorting them, but like they've never been sorted by like super feminine men and mass quote unquote masculine men. Again, because honestly, if you bring those questions up, that's going to vary so monumentally from community to community. That's going to vary from city to town to town, city to city, family to family in the same city. So it's fun. Like in some ways, scientifically, I understand being just like, I don't know. I don't want nothing to do with that. It's too, it's too freaking complicated. Like it's, it's, it's a bit of a theory of everything, you know, to even suggest that. And that's the thing I, I often wonder too, that to me, I, it's, I just don't think it's tenable. I don't find it reasonable when people are like, well, society says men have to be like this. I think because you and I, again, didn't grow up in a generation where I just didn't, I don't know, man, I didn't have that. There was people who said that and people who showed that, but that never, that doesn't make something real. Now, maybe it does to certain people. I'm not a highly, like, I'm not a super influential or influenced person. I'm not monumentally influential either, but uh, I'm not, I'm not easily influenced or whatever. So then when people say that, and I I guess, again, we grew up in the eighties, maybe it's different for us too. We're like the the rebel or whatever was the hero, right? We grew up in the anti-hero era. So like even, even the hyper, even uh, with all the hyper masculine like Schwarzenegger, Stallone type of heroes we had, there was also plenty of like, they were always like against like Rambo, whatever was like against the system. You know what I mean? So there was always a sense of like, f the man or whatever that that whole thing. So I often wonder if some of the sometimes the rise of transgender identification has to do with a generational, and maybe that's another reason why there's such a, a meteoric rise in identification is because I think generations after us, especially like two generations after us, um, at least appear from the outside to be more culturally influenced. And I think the internet is part of that, creating this whole, well, I think internet's involved in that way. Like 
the imposition of cultural influence being highly important because you can get literally liked or disliked for things that you say. And that becomes very influential to an inf to an easily influenced mind. And then also, I think the virtuality of the internet also plays into it too, because you can, you can customize yourself in the virtual world. And eventually the virtual world seems as real as the real world. I know that from how much time I spend on Instagram, how that just happens neurologically, like to the, to the uh, cohesive mind. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting to me. I, I I'm, I'm I still remain confused as to, um, yeah, as to why not throw off, throw off the fetters of those things first, of the of the cultural considerations. And maybe it is. Maybe it's actually a revenge thing. You're like, no, you did it for too long. F you. We're going to destroy your language. <laughs> you know. We're just going to burn the whole system down, which I kind of understand. That's like the nuke. That's the nukem, the nuclear option. <laughs> yeah, it's. I don't know. It's funny. Like, I mean, maybe again, I'm just so deeply immersed in woke religion, but like, it never even occurred to me that that it was strange or potentially harmful to separate gender and sex. It always felt. It felt. And now I'm wondering like how I entered that discussion. Like it felt natural for me to, yeah. to be like, oh yeah, sure. The, well, that's biology and that's gender. And and like, I don't think I could even retrace those steps. I don't, I don't remember the first time I encountered that, you know? Oh yeah. And for me, I guess it's so recent, like in the past 10 years, I think of, I think, well, actually maybe even short, maybe five years. I, I literally had no idea it was a thing because people still use phrases like gender identity or gender expression right? Still to this day, which then explicitly ties gender to sex because it means literally the expression of a something else. You know what I mean? The, the identity of a something else. And gender and, and sex have always been synonymous for most of our lives. So then it just means that's just another way to say sex expression. But then since sex semantically in our culture can mean what gender you are, but it also can mean uh, like, uh, like copulation. So then you're just like, oh, it's simpler to use gender because, because uh, you know, sex identity can mean like how you like to F people. <laughs> you know what I mean? So then that would just be confusing. To me, it just seems like a lot, like it was a reasonable uh, thing. But yeah, it's it's fascinating to me. I But I still don't know why. Like, I still don't know why John, John Money was like, theorized that or whatever. And of course I see plenty, I don't go deep in the research, but like, I see a lot of troubling stuff where I'm like, oh, these people aren't to be trusted. Like John Money, John Money or John Money or whatever his name is, is not a trustworthy figure. Just whatever anyone can duck, duck, go or Google that dude. Um, and um, scary, scary stuff, like horrifying stuff. So um, just pedophilia and suicide, you know, sort of compelled suicides and all sorts of awful things. So so to me, I'm just like, I don't understand that that aspect of it. But that aspect of it does seem like the another sort of, I think there's three or four, but it's one of the divergent points that I think is making understanding very difficult. Because I think there's plenty of people who are unconvinced because we didn't have the conversation. So right. like I don't like I don't know like what's the what's the what's the compelling case to separate them as a as opposed to just say, yeah, yeah I don't know I, I can't I can't quite figure it out like why why would they be and again we but and again this is you going out of the country is interesting too because it's much less it's easier for our culture to do it because we don't have a gendered language. Um, where masculine and feminine are an inherent parts of all the different things that we say, like or, whatever, like Latin or whatever, like Spanish, whatever, just go, go south of the border. You know what I mean? Um, 
and, and objects, objects have masculine and feminine. Many languages around the world have that. We don't have it in ours. So obviously things, I think that's why pronoun usage has probably taken off in English more than any other language. Although Lat Lat Latinx seems to be losing the battle. Um, oh, it's completely lost the battle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're, well, again, that's because it's colonization. You're, you're attempting, I mean, we're watching colonization like happen where they're like, no, <laughs> no darkies. This is what you are. <laughs> and they're like, ah, uh, no. No, nah, man, no, nah, we're, it's, it, you would destroy, it, does, it doesn't make any sense. We can't, we don't even have that sound in our language. Although I've also seen Latin with like T-I-N-E or whatever. But again, what, what is going on? Again, I, I'm very precious about language. To me, I'm just like, what do you, why would you even try to do that? What, like, what is the point of that? To then recognize like a, like a 1% of the population who might be convinced of all these arguments we haven't had. I mean, that seems weird to me. That's just weird, right? I mean, isn't it? So that's worth trying to yeah dig into. Maybe, like, maybe we can oh, figure why? it out. Maybe we can figure it Let's out. Let's figure yeah. it out right now. I uh, know. Yeah, yeah. We can't figure out Israel and Palestine in this amount of time. We got twenty minutes, so. Well, we'll that's a future episode. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's there. Yeah, it, it, that's an interesting way to ask the question that I I don't know if I've ever heard anybody ask. Like, well, what? Because it's just assumed. Like to your point, it was just we skipped over the conversation, and it was just yeah. like, this is like the way we're going to do it. Yeah. So that I my interpretation is that, you know, it is it is folks who were harmed and were feeling harmed because they were not able to express their true identity. Uh, I don't know if they would. Of course, there's no they, but you know, I don't know. I don't know how many people yeah. identify with this version of the language. Like I was born into the wrong body. You know, some version of that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, that might be just language that would help others maybe understand to some extent. And, and again, yeah, I always yeah. emphasize I'm I am not this I don't have this lived experience, so I'm just kind of passing on what I know. From no, just no. That's our job, right? To empathically try to understand other people. Yeah. Um, so that, but that living a lie, right? I mean, maybe yeah. that's the simplest general way to say it is like, you know, living a lie and it feeling and being in many cases dangerous, mm -hmm. uh, not dangerous to express their truth dangerous not to live that lie for a variety of reasons maybe they get kicked out of their house they don't yeah. belong to their tribe they yeah. you know, are cut off from all sorts of things resources and community yeah. um or at a more like personal biological nervous system level that like every time that person is every time that lie is sort of forced on them that yeah that it is a traumatizing kind of event yeah. I, I may have mentioned this last time but i realized kind of later on in the pronoun exploration and i don't, I don't even know how common this awareness is even in like kind of one mm. religion that like forcing people to reveal their pronouns can actually cause harm because sure. say somebody has hasn't come out yet say some a yeah. trans person yeah. hasn't come out yet and then I'll, you're like what are they what is their choice they're like they're not going to come out in that moment so they're going to like say <laughs> say the pronoun they don't agree with yeah, yeah you know it's yeah. so it's, what about you what about you are you gay or not when, when, like, when, whoa 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 <laughs> like to me that one stands out as the most tragic because the whole basically as far as i can tell the whole point of like going like announcing your pronoun in a group is yeah. to make it is to normalize it so that folks yes. who might have a pronoun that looks different than the way they seem or their biological sex yeah uh, feel more comfortable to say that so there's this yeah huge contradiction there as well but, it's tricky uh, and listen it's it's something tricky i think this is a thing 
that it's worth ever. I just want to say this for people who would like be like, oh, I understand what Brendan's saying is this is a trickier thing to navigate than we think it is. I mean, I, I see it very clearly, but in terms of interpret how many things have we seen in our life? It's like, this is very clear and easy to me. But when you start navigating with another person, it, even you, somebody, your, your wife, your husband, whatever, your best friend in the world, it can still take flipping forever. So even simple things are complicated when it gets to people, right? That's what you're talking about, like integrating this with actually human beings. Um, the next thing is interesting though, because if that's the premise, right? To like re reduce... I'd say probably most likely it's rooted in psychological harm, right? Perceptual harm uh, in a, uh, like a less than 1% of the population. You're in the Latinx case, offending, at least according to polls and stuff, 30% of the population. Or really in many ways, you've, you're have you attempting to colonize an entire language and, and remake it in the image of your new like your new system of supposition, right? So that's the funny thing to me is then we can see some instances, I'm not saying all, we're, we're taking this piece by piece. That, that's a good example of an instance where, um, where you're causing much more harm than benefit. So it's like trying to benefit 1% and you harm 30 to 100%. And so I was like, we have to at least hold it as a possibility that in trying to do so, like on Twitter, for example, that you are, let's just say it's on Twitter, it's. 2% of Twitter identifies as like a, a different gender than they are, then you're in order to help 2%, you're harming or to, like, so they don't have to lie anymore. You're then making 30 to to 80% or whatever lie. And if they don't lie, they get kicked out of the group. Right. I mean, that's the, so as a right. harm, this is the one, this is maybe that's, I'm glad we didn't start with that then. Cause in some ways, maybe it's cheating to look at it scientifically because it isn't pure science. It's also human beings relating one to another, but in the pure science thing, like using pronouns or letting individuals just decide their pronouns and then demanding that's a, I don't think it's very that helpful to just do it at all personally, like using someone's pronoun. That's not that I can't ascertain is accurate, um, is harmful to me and to them. Cause let's say if they are wrong, and then I speak against my own conscience and they're incorrect. Like what if they're wrong about what they are? Like they're, they're not that. Then, then we're sort of doubly harmed. I'm, I'm joining them in their self-harm, like an anorexic, right? Who's like, I'm fat and nothing anyone's gonna say is gonna convince them otherwise. And they're not fat. And I go, okay, yeah, you're fat. Then I've lied to them and I've harmed them by helping, uh, sort of helping buttress their, their, their improper, literally inaccurate thought about themselves. You know what I mean? Sort of thing. Um, yeah, or then, and then forcing people to then gender someone, you're someone like, that's me telling a lie. So that's the funny thing about it. And, but I love it in some ways, listen, even as I say that out loud, I was like, in some ways, that's a really sweet concept, right? Let's harm 30 to 80% of people in order to protect 1%. Um, that means we're, we're operating in a pretty, a pretty intense focus on, um, a very small group of people who a lot of people just wouldn't even really think about. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it takes the whole like ethics, like, oh, if you had, you had this, all these different people in the boat, but you're gonna have to eat one person. This person's a doctor, so he could save your life. And this is an old lady. She's lived most of her life, but she's also really smart. You love her and blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like the sort of ethics of those, like who gets kicked out of the boat. So there's this instinct to be like, well, no one, we're not kicking anyone out of the boat. In fact, whoever you were gonna kick out of the boat, we're gonna, the whole new rule is they're in charge of the boat kind of thing. In some ways, I kind of like that for the chaos element of it. And I like that for the empathy element of it. Um, but it doesn't, to, to me, it just still is, I still can't make any sense of it from uh, 
from a harm standpoint. You know what I mean? I was like, it just does more harm. But when it gets to an individual basis, like we talked about, I think that's also a key element. When someone says it to me and I speak it back to them, we're just in a one for one, right? On a one for one, this person says, I'm like, oh, and I'm talking about him. I was like, oh, well, he, oh yeah, he just told me that um, he went to Disney World this past week. And they're like, mm, actually, I'm a she. And I go, oh, no. And they go, yeah. And I'm like, uh, but no. But yeah, and so if either one of us changes our thing, then we're we're speaking something we know to be untrue. And then it's a one for one, right? And then it's just like, and then how do you adjudicate out of that? And I'm not saying that's easy at all. I literally don't know. That's one of the reasons I want to do this as an episode. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's, and I'm, I struggle with that. Like I struggle with the idea that you're harmed because somebody is asking you to lie about what you know about their biology, sex, identity. Yeah. And so I want to, I'm going to chew on that. Um, but that's... Well, I, how, how would I harm them? Like, how would they be harmed by me continuing to say something that I, the, I know, I know by all my means of knowledge is true. So I'm just saying a true thing. And in which case me saying a true thing as best as I understand it, honestly, who cares if it harms them? Right. And same thing for them. They would steep, just keep going. Well, I'm going to keep calling myself uh, a sheep. And in which case, like, whatever. And they're like, if you don't like it, kind of tough, tough titties. Right. Now, at some point, they may lead to conflict, but it doesn't have to. We can also just live in a world where we both just say these things and say tough titties to each other. Now, I'd like to be more empathic than that and try to figure it out. But Well, but yeah. I, I, the harm to them, to me, is clear, at, at least at a psychological nervous system level. Yeah. So if somebody is so committed to, you know, getting out of this lie they were born into that they, I don't, it's not trivial, right? Like, it's not an easy path to choose to, like, you know correct somebody in in the pronouns and and yeah present differently and i mean i mean you know, i don't think anybody does this um well i don't know that's a, a huge generalization no i i would guess most people don't do this um tri you know in a trivial way so so yeah. to me it's the harm that is clearer to me is when somebody asks to be addressed differently or identified differently and people refuse to do that that it that it's like just like getting punched over and over again well but why do they get to decide why do they get to say what anybody else says like why do i get to decide what anybody else says why why would they about anything right if they were like call me woof and i was like no and they're like Ugh. i mean how is that how is that actually harmful you know what i mean they can't control me that's that's all they lose Really, that's all they really lose in terms of my appraisal of them. They don't get my approval on what they've decided, which is like, I know that if you love someone, that can be frustrating. I try to get my approval from my, from Artie or whatever, from my wife to be like, hey, can we do this thing? I really think we need to do. She's like, no. And I'm like, oh, that sucks. But like. Yeah. And, and I hear, I hear that, I think. I mean, you know what that's I mean? why I say it's psychological or even nervous system. Like, yeah, it is a, a, a fraying or a. Yeah, a damaging at, at that level. You know, yes, yes, I think I hear what you're saying. Like, wouldn't it be yeah, great yeah. If, we all, if we all had clear enough energetic boundaries that everything just bounced off us like rubber? Yeah, yeah. I'm certainly not like that. I've worked on that a lot. Try not to take things personally. No, no. Well, that's why I'm saying the harm is equal. Like, we, or we have no way to appraise it, really. And then, in which case, why would someone's the increase of a imperceptible harm? How do we ever adjudicate that? 
I mean, what literally... I hear from you is that it's yeah. cognitive dissonance, but does it literally like affect you deeply and like linger with you throughout the day if, if somebody asked you? Like... I mean, that literally someone asking me to call him at Salt and Straw 2017. I've been thinking about that interaction since 2017. So okay. It, okay. it's, yeah, it's only happened to me twice. But even so, who cares? That Then that also has to do with like how like what your pain tolerance is, right? Is it more harmful if you stab someone, a leper in the arm with a knife than if you stab me in the arm with a knife? Because he can't feel it. So, I mean, who, it's like, oh, it's like, well, which one, who, where is it? Who is it worse to stab with a knife? Oh, you're like, well, because then everyone has a different threshold for these sorts of, this is what I mean. And this is the, like, and especially once we define harm and we're also talking about a lie, right? Because this is, and I think that's good language for both of us to use. So then for me, I'm like, well, I can't say a lie. And they're like, I can't say a lie. And you're rather stalemate. So that's not helpful. But we can, in this case, determine through language and what language means who's lying, right? This is like when you have two kids and they're like, he hit me first. No, he, she hit me first. Now you can't always tell who hit who first. Let's say there was a recording device or some means by which we could determine, like, let's say there was a video in that room and it was recording that entire interaction between those two children. And you could see, oh, she hit him first. You can clearly see it on the tape, right? They do this all the time with like, uh, whatever, fights uh, in sports and stuff, right? Where they levy the fines. They'd be like, oh, no, he got in her face, but she punched first, okay? So that that's who hit first and blah, 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 whatever. That's how we adjudicate all sorts of things. So likewise, if we can determine who's lying, we can actually then determine not even like, because then it's not even just using something as ineffable as like perceived harm that you can't prove because no one has diodes attached to their to their brains and their, now maybe we can in the future, we'll all have diodes to like show our patterns of like breathing and all that sort of stuff. But like, if you don't have that, which we don't, then you can actually determine, wait, who's lying here? And that's where you get back to the, to, to the definitions, right? You're like, well, what do pronouns mean? And then to get to the problem of, well, pronouns mean this to me and this to me. So then we're talking about two different separate things. We're using the same language. And that's why this is so complicated. <laughs> I, I think I read a lot more intention into the word lie than you do, perhaps. Like, yeah. to me, if, you know, like, let's give everybody the benefit of the doubt. I don't think. Yes. I don't think somebody who I did, who has, you know, changed their pronouns from their biological sex uh, is lying because they're living their truth. Nor do I, and, and so there, there's not an intention. I, I don't, I don't read an intention there to lie. I, in fact, I think it's like trying to tell their truth, nor do I think, you know, it, now if somebody's like belligerent and, and maybe doesn't, um, by end of this, which I guess is you. <laughs> um, yeah, 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 that would be me. Uh, I don't know. Like, I, let's see. I don't think that somebody who, let's say the first version is like, I don't think somebody who has no exposure to this yeah. and just, and quote unquote, misgenders somebody kind of, uh, who's never even heard of any of this stuff. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think they're lying. Yeah. You know, they're they're just sort of saying the truth they 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 think they see that you perceive, yeah. Um, but then that gets into our very pretty, I think, vast differences of my my tendency towards relativistic truth. And your... well, but you, but that's why you can't make anyone if you believe in relativistic truth, then no one you can't tell anyone to say anything, right? Because then 
I'm speaking my truth. They're speaking their truth. We have opposite truths. So if, 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 for example, and this is, you're perfectly allowed to do this. I'm not saying you got, I've trapped you. You can do this, but like that violates the law of non, non-contradiction, which I hold as like, oh, that's really helpful. Right. So as some, then he both is a, he completely and is a, she completely. And then, but in a way that both of those things exist, even though the way he or she is using he or she is exactly actually intended to communicate the opposite. So I am this and I am the opposite, right? Now, one could say in a relativistic sense, we're all he, we're all she. What do you mean? Why are we even arguing about this? That's an argument, right? But since we, we do have a sense where someone's lying here, right? If we're both like, oh, I don't want to lie and say something I don't think is true. And they're like, I don't want to lie and say something I'm not true. But we have opposite things in the air, right? They're like, you called me a he, but I am a she, and I know it. I'm not saying they were lying about that. I believe they would say it because they're fully convinced of it. And then I'm saying the opposite. So then we have two things which are opposite. And then that's where I'm saying, now, wait, so one of us is, either we're both right, in which case there's no argument here and no one needs to worry about anyone misgendering anybody, or we're both wrong and then no one needs to worry about <laughs> anyone misgendering anybody because it doesn't exist, or one of us is right and one of us wrong, right? That's what Twitter has decided. Like someone's right here. So that's what I'm saying. Like just as a one-to-one, how do we, de- how do we determine who is lying? Because then, uh, or sorry, who is, I guess in that case, yes, if intentionality is not contained therein, then who's wrong? Someone there is incorrect. Like someone has incorrectly appraised the situation. Just like if you have two ice cream cones or you have one ice cream cone, I could look at it and I have some sort of eye thing where I'm like, no, I see two. I was like, no, so it's two. You're never going to make me say one. And someone's like, I have one or two, or, you know what I'm saying? Whatever. I, I, you understand what I mean? Right. Like there, there is a way to determine he, he and she in terms of what those words mean. Traditionally, I know people are trying to dispose of that and that's part of the argument too, but like, I was like, what do you do? Some, someone's telling the truth and someone's not telling the truth. Right. So what I, what I hear you saying is yeah. it's harmful to be forced to, to violate your own truth of, of knowing what somebody's, and I'm just going to say biological sex is. And, and to you, yeah. I, know, I know that, that you want to collapse sex and gender, but I'll just use that terminology for now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it would be, well... Uh, as a cohesion of our two points of view, yeah, because I don't believe in my truth, so then I wouldn't necessarily use that, but I would, but I was saying, like, based on that premise, based on your premise, if there were, if we're both speaking from our truth, then we're both correct, in which case, no one can correct me, and no one can correct them, so then there's no, there's no such thing as misgendering, we've, we've, if, 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 if everyone's truth is their truth, so then you have to, ultimately, that's the thing with misgendering, some, you're demanding using you the word you're demanding the case to to try the case someone here is lying someone here is a misgendered you've you've actually inaccurately assessed this so let's say that's why i like the one-on-one example because it's the most complex because you're facing another human being and looking in their eyes and you're like oh i'm not trying to make trouble and you're like they're like i'm not either i'm just telling you what the reality is and you're like i i don't know no I, i don't i literally don't see it you're telling me to say something i can't see you know what I mean? You're you're telling me to say there's two ice cream cones and there's one ice cream cone. And they're like, dude, there's two. And I was like, no, I can't say there's two. You have to say there's two. I, I there's not two. I I don't I don't, I don't uh, uh, you know what I'm saying? But that's hate speech. Like right, we're already at a society point where it's like, no no no. If you don't agree with the person, 
who says the ice, whatever, one ice cream cone, is the, there's two ice cream cones, then you're hateful. And I was like, okay, well, that's way too far gone, right? We got to figure this out. Because again, it's complicated, right? It's, it is. And we made it through, <laughs> I think, one more point. Um, yeah. I, I'd love to touch on the next one briefly. Yeah, um, yeah. Which is... Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, but wait, how do we determine? How do we figure it out? Like in that case, right? Like when, so it's my truth and my truth, but we have opposite truths. Can those truths coexist? Because you're a relativist, so then you can literally just say yes to this question. But can those truths coexist? Or is one of them, like, is it appropriate to apply? Their, like, basically, I am trying to back you in the corner of, is misgender, is the word misgendering ever appropriate? Because if truth is relative and we all are living our truth and speaking our truth, then we can't, we can't ever talk about misgendering because there's no such thing. But if there is, then how do we determine who's correct? Oh yeah, I was just hoping to skip over that part. But, oh. <laughs> no, but I was like, I mean, I just say it because then it, it is a cornering, but it's a cornering that you can just go, um, yes. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I, I stand firm. I stand firm in a person being able to declare their gender and yeah. anything different, like accidents happen, especially with the they pronoun. It is very difficult. Oh, oh, oh for sure, for sure. For those of us in the DEI space. Uh, so my stance is that somebody can declare their gender yeah and if you care about that person and want to honor how they express themselves that you will you know refer to them by that gender right. and that people who don't refer to them by that gender especially in a in a loud or belligerent way or don't find another alternative, which by the name, by the way, you could just call somebody by their name if you just don't want to use a pronoun. That seems to be like the, the easier yeah. way to kind yeah. of scoot yeah. around. Them, but, yeah. uh, I'm not a scooter though, but yes. I know. <laughs> um, well, it was funny. I was even, I was trying to tell somebody about this conversation where somebody was a they and it, there were multiple people. And all of a sudden I was like, every time I said they, I was like, well, but it's not, I'm not talking about the plural. I'm not talking about the two people. I'm talking about the Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. No, they, yes, listen, they makes it almost impossible it's 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 hard um so so that's so that's where i am like i yeah feel like somebody declares their their identity in general uh and and then i'm of the mind to to honor how they declare that identity and and that therefore what they declare then becomes their truth about identity um yeah so, so to me that's i'm gonna lead i guess on the twitter side of like well the it the harm reduction here is about, uh, you know, honoring how people want to be identified, and the greater harm is it comes from, you know, sort of sort of not honoring that or forcing them to to live a lie. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I hear what you're saying. I think of, you know, there's there's a, a capacity of, you know, violating what you know to be true based on your experience as a human being yeah yeah well and or objective like ver verifiable re i would say this enters into the realm of verifiable reality right like for example gender is less of a social construct than race right i mean just factually meaning because gender has an explicit historical connection to biological sex so if nothing else that's the that's the history of the usage is that it has a has a tether to to biological sex and he or she have explicit tethers to biological sex as well so all of these are tethered to something immutable generally um whereas for example people don't allow 
this is the whole difficulty with the premise but then it's like if someone insists they're a black man right if i just start insisting i'm a black man and then if i say well people don't refer to me as black man or like call me a white man then i could be like oh that's hate speech because that's my that's my truth as soon as i like i used to call myself a black lesbian in college or whatever um I was like, well, I'm really inside. I'm really a black lesbian. Now, I thought that was funny. And because there was aspects about it that I was like, oh, this, this is a truish aspect of that in the terms of like a, my cultural understanding of various and sundry tropes. But but that is, that's, a, for example, you know, we talk about slippery slopes on here sometimes, but like gender, a gender related one is at the bottom of the slope. Like race is higher up on the slide, right? Than that, like, uh, like age, age or gender would be very like on the near the bottom of the of the slide, and race is like way higher, way more of a social construct than gender, explicitly, just because it has connections to visual cues and whatnot or whatever. But like, it's way more confusing, like what race anybody is in terms of like visual determination. I mean, this is why it's one of our favorite questions, and I know for some people it's a microaggression when people are like, "Where are you from?" Like, I literally don't know what you are. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, yes, most of the time we do accept someone's pronouncement of, of what they are, right? Um, but we do we can do DNA tests and figure it out and then know for sure, right? And likewise, you can do the same thing with gender. You know what I mean? So it puts us in this, it's real, it's just real, it's, it's strange, it's strange and tricky. But sorry, you were going to move it on. Yeah, and so I don't, I don't know that there is a clear and universal way to solve that problem yeah well i think we have to decide as a culture like are we going to do this whole separation of gender and biological sex thing because it's not that's not what we've done it's not really what we're doing functionally but it's starting to literally just in the past three years maybe we're trying to publicly kind of just people are just changing it and then going like catch up little tomato and then if you question it they call you a hate an anti-trans or hate person, or you're trying to, what does it say? Trying to erase people's existence and stuff. And none of that is reasonable. So I think that's why I'm drawn to it. I was like, those aren't all reasonable things. None of those are reasonable things to say. But the thing is, because, and all that fosters is, again, the thing you brought up that was really smart too, which is like, well, if you're going to be belligerent about it. And I think that's my thing is like, well, nobody needs to be belligerent about it. Who Either like of the two parties, if it's me talking to one other person, either one of us gets belligerent, then that's, on, like you violated this sort of premise, right? Like if I refuse to acknowledge your quote unquote truth, A, I don't believe in my truth. And then I don't believe in that. I don't believe in the separation of gender. And I was like, convince me. You've got to convince me reasonably. You can't just say that's how it is. You know what I mean? The same way I can't say, well, Jesus is Lord. So you better say it. Say Jesus is Lord. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, you're like, well, freaking prove it, dude. It'd be, it'd be weird. Right, it'd be weird, and we, that's a perfectly normal and allowable thing for me to say to a person. But if I start getting belligerent about it, it'd be weird. So it'd be it would be weird if people get belligerent and say you're hateful. That's hate speech. Get off my platform. That's just weird. And so I think that's the thing. In this case, I live in a world where people who say gender is decided by by every ind single individual, and it can be whatever they want. They're belligerent. They're the belligerent people. I've I've never had the opportunity actually to be belligerent about it. I've never had the opportunity even to misgender someone belligerently. I haven't even had, haven't even had the opportunity yet. And the, and the conversation's already over, you know? Yeah. And I think. Want to try it on for size. What you're, what you're seeing on social media, especially is that even asking the question 
I mean, in some cases, I think misgendering out of the gate is probably seen as belligerent. Certainly once once it's maybe been said once, like, no, 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 this is my pronoun. Yeah. You keep saying something different. That's going to be perceived as belligerent. But why would that? But that's not belligerent. You know what I mean? But that's not, again, this is the way we get to definition of terms. That's not belligerent. You know what I mean? It, it just is like it is. How would you define that as this is one of the problems? Like, how would you define that as belligerent? Because if someone's just saying you keep trying to get someone to say something that's not true, there's two ice cream cones. And you're like, there's one ice cream cone. Mm, there's two. You're like, uh, there's one ice cream cone. Now, eventually you might raise your voices. Actually, it would be kind of normal, right? Eventually for both of you to just be like, no, there's one. No, there's two. But that's really all we're talking about here. Like, is like two or is there two ice cream cones or is there one ice cream cone? And we're talking about it in a way that it's verifiable. Like we can we can actually ascertain how many ice cream cones there are. And so that's the part I that's the part I don't understand the most. Because it's belligerent to me to tell me to say something that I don't want to say. It's or they're equally belligerent in and of themselves. You know what I mean? There's nothing especially belligerent about saying, no, what you said is wrong. You know what I mean? I, I don't know what you mean, but I'm gonna keep chewing oh. on. <laughs> well, wait, well, no, I, how, know what how, you're, I know yeah. what you're saying. It's just, yeah, this is a hard one for me to grab. And I told you even before this, these yeah. episodes that this was, of all the things we've disagreed on and talked about, for some reason, this is yeah. like the most emotionally charged for me because it just feels, and I don't know if that's because I have more trans people in my life now or what, but it's, yeah, it's just, yeah, I don't, I don't, it's, I, I don't equivocate them. I, it's very hard for me to see them as equal. Well, but then, okay, well, then they can't be a moral relativist. Because then if everyone's living, speaking their truth, then you're actually saying some people's truth is truthier than other people's truth. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, that maybe goes to the, the core question here, I think, that's healthy, yeah. is yeah. should we separate sex and gender? Because if we separate sex and gender, then gender is fluid. And then we, so we can refer to somebody's biology here, and then we can say, oh, well, gender yes. here is just kind of what people declare it to be. And, and then we'd and then we'd have to figure out which one pronouns connect to, which is a, a yet another conversation. Oh yeah, well that uh, sure to me that <laughs> like obviously connects to gender, but that's but, not but that's not yeah. up to you. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, because it also does connect. Like if you're writing a paper right about a biological man, if you were like, oh, this biological man, and then you now eventually over generations you could write a paper about like the the treatment, medical treatment of a biological man, and then kept saying the patient, blah, 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 blah. She insisted her appendix hurt or whatever. You know what I mean? And then people would be like, stop having cognitive dissonance about those things being definitional opposites. And then be like, oh, okay. Oh, I see what you're doing there. Right. But that's going to take a generation or two, I'm assuming, just in terms of for the language to process. And that's my whole thing as a conservative is like, is this worth taking two generations to do? To, to, to compel speech, to, to, to force speech, essentially, or to suggest somehow that I'm I'm harming you by saying a true thing that I can objectively define, right? Like in the case of someone who is a biological male, let's say, I was like, no, 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 literally, I can, I can straight up prove I'm right in, in a bunch of cases, right? It, I, not that I'm saying I have the capacity. I don't have a DNA, a DNA kit, and I don't have an x-ray machine to like find the gametes or whatever, and that sort of thing. You know what I mean? I don't. This this feels like a a healthy way to ask the question. Yeah. you're right. It's two part, and I I I quick I was bridging into pieces as as so many folks I think in the you know the woke sphere do uh, that a 
you know, what is the purpose? What is the value and harm reduction of separating sex and gender? Yeah, and yeah. Then, and then what is the value and purpose and harm reduction in assigning, attaching pronouns to one or the other? Like that's, mm-hmm. and I don't. <laughs> yeah. What if this show is not to have answers, folks, but more questions? So I. I <laughs> questions. You know, that, that's questions. an interesting yeah. construct. I mean, I don't, I had never broken it down quite, quite, you know, to that degree. Yeah. So this is certainly one where our thumbs are going to be going in different directions. Um, as we, uh, <laughs> as we this. You were just reminded me of something. Yeah. Guy Kawasaki is, you know, somebody I've followed since the 80s because he was one of, on the original Mac team. And um, now he does a lot of entrepreneurial stuff now. But he, in one of his books, I think it was probably The Art of the Start. You know, like, it's interesting how authors have have tried to kind of subvert the mask, the male dominance in, in language, right? Like we... Yeah officially in english right he is the default yeah and i think i've seen different approaches to this but i think his approach was to alternate each chapter so mm-hmm. one chapter would be he is the kind of default yeah. pronoun and the next one would be she is the default pronoun if you're speaking about like man humankind mankind exactly exactly yeah. like the default for yeah just speaking for, broadly for all humans right um yeah, so that you just reminded me of that for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's an interesting thing too. Yeah, to actually look at human. I try to do that in general on my because I do daily devotions and I often talk about like mankind, humankind, and I try to say humankind. I know it has man in it, but whatever. Uh, but I try to say humankind in general. Um, and her, actually, what history? Yeah, I don't say history or whatever. It's too awkward. Um, and uh, not to resist masculinization of of language. I don't care at all about that, whatever, because I'm pro patriarchy. So it's it's fine. It's a and it sucks to be in the patriarchy. It sucks to be a leader. It's not awesome. So I don't know why people are so envious of that, of being like a dominant member of a of a of a dimorphic pair. It's not that fantastic, folks. I got to tell you, as as a man. Um, <laughs> but I try to do it anyway, just to like because it is. I think it can be. Matt, I think like. Uh, gendered language can kind of be a distraction sometimes in 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 a, in a modern world because it's really not. And this is, of course, why Christians in general are wildly resistant to the pronoun thing. Is um, it's the really like a it's like a biblical thing. It goes back to Genesis, right? In God, like, and that's and that and it it's actually fundamental to the equal, equal worth of set of the sexes. Is like man and women. God created man and women in His image, male and female. He created them. So God created human beings to be sexually dimorphic, which is like accurate now to you know a ninety-nine point whatever uh, degree accuracy uh, in our current state of whatever genetic dissolution. Um, and but it's all, and it's also central to the to the value of human beings. So I think in some ways that's I think one of the reasons why. I, um, I think probably I have I, I say that out loud just to be like, I know I have some bias from that sense where it is fundamentally connected to human worth, the 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 binary division of human beings. So then once you rupture that, then you actually have to examine whether human beings are worth anything at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's a you're unraveling a pretty dang that's that's pretty fundamental. Because then if humans are worthless, then tyranny sounds pretty fun and maybe i like being in the patriarchy hold on a second <laughs> well the i don't know if we have time now but the the other question you asked oh yeah i think was is compelling this uh maybe we could do in the future more but uh, is disagreement hatred yeah and i what what 
strikes me about that is really going back to where we started this whole series about yeah about because i remember you saying something about um assigning hate to folks who uh you know had mask mandates and you know and my perception was like well i think people are trying to do the right thing yeah and and it's coming from a place of maybe love or at least fear-based protection um and i think and, and and correct me if i'm misremembering this but you were kind of a so just the word hatred is fascinating for me to unpack yeah like well and again like similar to lie you know it's like for me hatred like bears an intentionality like uh, yes yes like anger with intention um and so no i would say no disagreement in and of itself is not hatred that I think is the whole premise of this show is that we disagree on a lot of things. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we don't hate each other. Yeah, yeah. To me, I was like, hatred, I think you can always stick hatred on the table. Like, that's why I did that with vaccine passports. And I was like, uh, or uh, abortion or whatever. And then you go through this, let's look at everything on the table. Why would you be responding? Same with me, right? Let's say I'm talking to an individual person and they're like, hey. And I was like, oh yeah, Tim, he was just telling me about, they're like, oh, actually, I'm not a he, I'm a she. And I was like, uh, yeah. Tim, I can't do that. That's not, I, that's not true. I can't, I can't say a thing. You can't, I can't lie. There's no, there's no benefit for me lying to you. There's no such thing as a noble lie. I don't believe in noble lies. I don't believe in white lies. I've often wondered if that's like a cultural uh, difference between me and other people who just have no problem doing those sorts of things. You know what I mean? Like when someone says, Hey, do, do I look fat in this dress? If someone looks fat in that dress, I'm going to say yes. I'm never going to be like, no, you look great. I would never say it. I would never lie. But again, I'm a Christian, so thou shalt not lie. Like literally, it's it's the it's the way to be perfect. How to be perfect? Um, and this is the the it's become fairly common in a lot of circles to talk about kindness versus niceness. Um, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Around being one of the big ones, and that I think that's what you're getting at. Like niceness is yeah. lying under the umbrella. Yeah. yeah. Know, Which being, yeah. Being for somebody, you're being like, oh, because they can't handle the truth, or it would hurt. Yeah. Them yeah. And when you do stuff like that, you have to throw hate on the table. Like I would have to hate you to let you just keep saying a lie in front of me, for, for, for me, for anyone in any circumstance. So then I throw hate on the table as an option. And then as with the vaccine passports, we just had to go through piece by piece and go, well, were they right? It was like, oh, they were worried about this. Okay, well, if they're worried about this, did doing what they did help that concern? No, had nothing to do with fear, had nothing to do with evidence. It was so then once you eliminate at least six or seven other options, then you can get to hate. But that's the thing I've saw I've seen with misgendering or hate speech. It's like you're not even having the conversation. You're not eliminating any options. You're jumping right to hate. And I don't feel like that's remotely appropriate for anyone to to to, to assume disagreement. And we saw that in the the Senator Hawley and uh, Dr. Bridger's interaction that we talked about back and forth, where he was saying like, well, is who, you know, is that a woman? And she's like, well, what you're saying is transphobic. And uh, I don't know if she's, you said hateful or whatever, but I think people in general, I could be wrong about this. Speaking of semantic conservatism, people use phobic when they actually mean hate. Uh, mm. Instead of miso, they should be using miso, misotransian or whatever this, we got to figure out a word for that. But um, it doesn't mean, it means irrational fear of, but people say homophobia a lot and they don't flipping mean homophobia. They don't mean an irrational fear of gay people. They mean you just don't like gay people. Or this is the problem. They often mean you disagree with something about gay people, which then they're ascribing hatred to. And it doesn't, literally, you can be like, 
You could say gay people should never get married and you could flipping love gay people. These things aren't mutually exclusive. There's no reason to jump to that conclusion. You know what I mean? I could literally, again, we've, we've talked about this with family. You can disagree with every single thing your brother has done in his life, all of them, everyone he's dated, everyone he's married, how much he drinks, where he works, how he talks, what words he uses and love him forever. So this is not confusing to anyone. So it's just lazy. And it's because I think people have hate in them. And so they're just like, they're so ready to like point and, and say you're hateful. Um, so yeah, so that's, at least I wanted to talk about that. I was like, I think that's the thing that we can agree on. And I was like, it's good to agree, like end on an agreement point and just remind people that it's just stop freaking stop it. Stop, stop running to hate. That's it's, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to leap to hate. You got to do the due diligence. You got to put everything on the table as why, and then you have to successfully eliminate every single one of those options. So I can say that for vaccine passports, because there's no, there's no other tenable, provable thing. But that also gets to the whole thing of my truth, right? So if people believe that, like if say people just believed it, it was my tr people's truth, someone's truth individually, that vaccines um, reduce infection greater than people with natural immunity. There's no scientific evidence to say that. There's only scientific evidence of abundance, literally 50, 60, 70, 80, 100 studies at this point saying the opposite. Um, so then, and then you get in this problem again, right? Where you're just like, oh, okay, well, someone makes one claim and we can validate it or not, but we don't know if that's okay or not. And then someone makes another claim, what you're doing is hateful because there's no reason to do it. And then we're, we're stuck in a a quandary, right? And in the vaccine passport case, you just went in the case of the of the majority. And as a member of the minority of people, because not enough people protested those full-on hate-based segregative, meaning we've eliminated all the other options. There's there's no option, reasonable option. So even if it was fear-based and it was either ignorance, but it's willful ignorance because it's not that hard to figure out that, that it was incorrect. Um, I mean, literally it would take you three hours and talking to like one person who knew what they were talking about or could send you appropriate links or literally your own, your own like, adjudication, whatever, a weekend. Um, Not everybody but, has a podcast with Brendan to help figure this stuff out. <laughs> right. But hey, DM me. I'll send you link after late, man. That's what I do. I send you to primary sources again, because I'm not using myself to validate myself. And this is, oh, maybe that's it too, Andy. Wait, that this is, this is like in therapy. You just keep talking until you hit a thing. I don't use myself to validate myself generally, or I, I, I don't consider myself the like highest authority at all of adjudicating what is true and not true. Now, of course, I'm involved, right? But I don't just go, well, that's what I feel and blah, 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 blah. But I know I have cognitive dissonance. I know I have biases or whatever. So I try to access A, infinite eternal sources. So like God is obviously my ultimate source for adjudicating what is true and false. But then I use science and reason to be like, okay, well, those are outside myself. Like I have to follow the rules of reason in order to use it. So that's helpful. And then science is a way to sort of like appraise things and arrive to whether this is real or not. And I might not like the conclusions of science. Like I don't, I think in, in my whole quest of like looking into immunities, I didn't like that for the majority of the consensus of information that hybrid immunity, meaning being infected and then vaccinated was the best immune defense. Cause then in some ways that goes, oh, well, vaccination does still help in that one way. You know what I mean? Cause at that point I was like, I'd love it for just to be binary, but it isn't. So tough luck, Brendan, doesn't matter what I want. And it doesn't matter. I could go collect the information to make it look like that. Cause I know the studies that would say the opposite, 
but I, that, that would be a lot. You know what I mean? I'd be lying just because that's what I want to be true. And that's what I sort of believe. I still believe it in my gut, that that's probably how it's going to turn out. There's one or two studies that have headed that way, that vaccination actually destroys the immunity of natural immunity. I posted on my Instagram, if you want to check it out, um, published in New England Journal of Medicine. But but I can't, like, that's not, it still doesn't make it true just because I want it to be true with all my heart. And even though there's a little bit of information, there's something that tells me it could be true. You know what I mean? I think, does that make sense? Yeah, I just want to bundle a lot of that into confirmation bias, which is yeah. how I started. I remember <laughs> if I said it on the air yeah. before we were recording, but just yeah, that. Oh, yeah, I think because I was talking about this trip I was just on. And, and yeah, yeah. You know, exposed to a, a, a mountain, a fountain of a mountain of new information um, <laughs> about what's happening in the Middle East. And yeah, now being deeply exposed to new you know perspectives i hadn't seen my instinct is to like make that the truth because now there are people i have met and become friends with and it's like there's a sense of like oh now i want that bias to be true because i have a a desire to protect them Um, sure yeah out of a love yeah out of a love yeah yeah and it simplifies things i mean that's what's at the at the corner of yeah yeah i think of so many of the things we're talking about is this desire to simplify an impossibly complex world yeah and that you know yeah which maybe the best yeah. that a lot of us can do is just even recognize when we're doing that like you just did like wow i would yeah. love that was beautiful like oh I, yeah. I would love i would love maybe there's a piece of being right there which feels good that's a nice dopamine hit. yes and then there's a piece of just it being simpler yeah, like, and I want the natural world. I want the natural world to beat man. That, yeah, that too. You know, I want I, the natural world to win. <laughs> you know, I do too. Actually, it's, it's funny. Yeah. As somebody who's yeah. vaccinated, I, I'm like, and I'm not by any stretch like a super high self. Uh, what am I trying to say? Nutrition oriented, you know, vegan, etc. <laughs> and yet, I I want to actually believe that that is the better path. That 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 there. Yeah just eating eating well living well just taking care can, of our health yeah you can sell, I, we, yeah. I truly want to believe that that is just the better path to to that would make that would render so much of our medicine unnecessary that'd be great i mean because it would be great it's it feels ideal right it's pursuing a bit of a shangri-la concept but that's what we're here for you know and the funny thing is is i actually look at the world in such a simple way now anyone who hears me talk might be like no you don't you make unnecessary things unnecessarily complicated and i was like well i only make them unnecessarily complicated in order to understand this like so i can get to a place of feeling like chill about regarding them simply like you just have to put in the work. If you really want to look at things in a binary fashion, it just takes a lot of work to get there. So then you don't knee jerk, you know? And cognitive distance is so important too, I think. And I would say, and I think Andy and I would agree on this, cognitive distance, and this gets back to the trans thing, is um, cognitive distance is an imperative thing to examine. And it's not just about your appraisal of external information, but internal information. I mean, so much of individual progress is about realizing the block, the blockages and the gramophone that plays the record in your head for your whole life that's flipping wrong. And that can apply to literally every, that back into the one ice cream, two ice cream scenario. There's two human beings here looking across from up, both who have a fundamental connection to that error, to that problem. You know what I mean? Where, and so neither, I mean, to, to the deepest degree, neither one of us is 100% sure that we're right. 
hopefully. <laughs> you know what I mean? 99.9. You know, we can both hold on to that, but we're all like, eh, that could be wrong. Well, on that note, my friend, ah, I love you. I love you. You twist your mustache. Yeah, I know. You missed a lot. You went out of town for a couple of weeks. Uh, the president declared the pandemic over. Um, I shaved. Oh, really? I, oh, yeah, yeah. It's not, but um, at all. It freaked people out. It was kind of great. That's another future episode. It was people where people are freaking out that he would say such a thing. It's awesome. Uh, it's awesome because I'm not one of those fearful people, but the fearful people are like, no. Anyway, that was a big one you missed. But you missed so many good news stories that none of which matter to how much I love you. <laughs> well, now I'm really curious. Do you mean it's not over because the the pandemic was, I, I, I seem to recall you saying it really never was a pandemic medically. It was just the fear. I mean, I think that's the bigger, that was certainly the bigger pandemic. I mean, pandemic really just means a virus across multiple geographic areas. And it certainly is a virus with massive infection numbers. We were up to like $100,000, 100,000 100, infections a day in Jul just recently in July. I think we're down to like 20 to 40,000 or something like that per day now, but testing has plummeted. So as far as it, it's still moving and shaking, people are dying by the hundreds every day, not by the tens of thousands, that's good. But no, I mean, it's as with everything, I mean, pandemic is one of the things that might be a case of my truth where it's like pandemic's a state of mind, man. Like, do you feel like you're in a pandemic? I mean, some people never felt like they were in one. So, you know, my anyone's adjudication in April 2020 saying, nah, the pandemic's over already. It was it was a two-month pandemic. It's about as legitimate as what happened. It was just the president in the United States of America saying it. And then everyone was like, What? No, don't say that. We need to be cautious. It was it was awesome. It was awesome, dude. That was well, that was the that was a big fun. Oh, there was a hurricane I missed. Um yep. The top it was like a top five. About five all time in terms of wind speed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so it goes. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, and I and I missed being with you most of the yeah. time. Yeah. Well, welcome back. Oh, yeah. I, I want everyone to know that, like, Andy, I text Andy a lot. And I, when he was out of town, <laughs> I was like, let me leave Eddie alone so he can be present. Let me be, be present. So we haven't even really talked. Maybe that's why I'm talking extra much this week. I was like, I'm so excited to be talking to you again. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that. And I wonder if that was hard for you for a variety of reasons. Um, not in a self-aggrandizing way, but just because, you know, we we do have such a prolific uh, chatter. Um, yeah, yeah. No, but I wanted you to be, especially when you're in a different place you've never been before. I think it's imperative. I was like, I don't want him on his phone at all. Like, I don't, I didn't want you on your phone. I was like, well, I'm sure, was, I'm, you know. This was the first time I'd ever just been able to like activate an international phone plan which i think is oh yeah become quite common at this point you could just super yeah 10 bucks, 10 yeah. bucks a day and all of a sudden your shit just works um, yes so on the one hand i'm like that's pretty cool in the context of like globalization and and things that i think are important just for us to be more fluid as a as a as a species yeah. and like yeah. roam around connected yeah you know that seems to break down you know um nation states a bit in a, in a way yeah and i was like oh how do i do this because <laughs> i don't that's yeah. been a benefit to other trips where it was like yeah. oh I, sorry yeah. i don't i'm there's no what no connectivity or maybe there's yeah. in there yeah because that's the, that's the pro con of globalism right do you want to continually be tethered this and, is why the tech oligarchs are so influential but i two things one is i did i did install a vpn for the first time so that's good oh um, yeah i guess uh 
And then for iPhone users, I will pass on this tip uh, because I feel like this is something, it's really funny as, as somebody who you were there like in the eighties and nineties was like, fuck yeah. Microsoft and I'm going to have all the Mac stickers. And yes, yes. You're full point, throttle. I don't care. Like there's no, my, I know evangelism left in me. I'm just like, I don't yeah. ever pick something that works and then do something, do something with it, make art, make, make a protest, you know, whatever. Yeah. Talk, talk to your family. <laughs> like, I don't care anymore. Yeah. But it's funny now, cause I feel like Android people are usually the ones in my life being like, iPhone sucks and you can't even do this. And I'm like, I don't, okay. Yeah. I guess, but it works. Yeah. Do you know the, how many, how many like children miners had to, had to mine the ingredients and how many Chinese children had to put this together? And you're like, isn't that all phones? Can we, aren't we all, aren't we all enslaving people? Yeah. That one, that's a, a bit different, but okay. anyway, uh, that's another episode. But this is, this is a thing that Apple has put out that I, I kind of just thought was a nifty feature, but I think has is more profound actually than I had realized in the context of just building our digital boundaries, Yeah, which is this focus feature. And it comes with some default ones. And like I had been using the sleep focus for a while. And what it means is you can just, when a focus is on, it just completely transforms how the phone works and what can Ooh. be let in. And you can make custom ones. And I hadn't done that yet. So I made a custom travel focus. And this was life-changing because you can you can tell it which apps which app notifications come through you can yeah. you can tell it specific people who are allowed to penetrate your your you know boundaries yeah um, and that to me that was that was the way i was able to like transform my phone experience while so i wasn't like being bombarded with all the normal you know yeah wow my brain is already exploding with all the ways in which that it can be enormously advantageous and lead to the destruction of all society. <laughs> how, how, how can I do that? Uh, well, because it's a it's yet another means by which we create a uh, a self controlled um, system of walls around ourselves. For example, mm -hmm. you were just in a city where the wall is in many ways a symbol of ex of exactly what we don't want more of in the world. So then by using focus, you're essentially constructing a wall around yourself. It's the ways in which all boundaries, all walls are helpful for the cohesion of a single unit, but also tend towards uh, othering, outsidering. And then the more you have, then you start to have a bubble uh, that you've curated for yourself, assuming therefore that you always have the best estimate as to what's best for yourself. When we all know from our from our various changing body shapes or whatever, just list the 5 million reasons we know we're actually not the best the single uh, best adjudicator of what is what is good or best for us. So in that sense, so it increases your individual sovereignty, which is good for your strength as a human being, but it increases your individual sovereignty, which makes you more like a uh, apt to be a tyrant, uh, tyrant God. Does that make sense? Yeah, or, or yeah, certainly just um, emphasize confirmation bias, like design. Really, yes, you, yeah, you literally a level yeah. of fidelity of like, oh, I'm going to let this in. This is interesting, though. Maybe this is. I think we flagged 18 future episodes, but uh, <laughs> like somebody I, I uh, follow and and join, uh, Abigail Rose Clark, uh, combines embodiment with social justice with a really a, a really fascinating exploration of, of um, physiology, and one when one day she mentioned in the context of boundaries like well if you look at a cellular membrane yeah 
it 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 is a membrane it is a boundary and it yeah. chooses what to let in and, and not and so yeah, semi-permeable we, yeah as we were both saying a little while ago like we we tend it seems like we both i like the idea of like letting the natural world guide us um so that's one way you know that i think about that yeah that yeah, may and, be healthy but uh, yeah i hear what you're saying yeah. but that well but it's it's how we've also pursued in our life there's certain levels of poison we allow in you and i we deliberately intake poison, uh, which inclines towards imperfection. However, a certain amount of poison is actually kind of helpful in order to increase immunity of systems and that sort of thing. I mean, right? This gets into a fascinating thing because as a cellular level, you wouldn't let it want to let anything in that would destroy it, right? Or it sort of ruptures the cell. But we as human beings, we want to let some things that come in to destroy us because there are elements of us that need to be destroyed, you know, which is, I think, why why I would pursue or I have pursued and do pursue like uh, tobacco use or alcohol use even, you know what I mean? This is, I have to constantly remember that a little bit of poison like is actually good for me because I'll always remember it because there are aspects of myself that I'm, that I need to shed. Right. And both of us are probably slightly fatter than we would optimally be. I'm about 30 pounds heavier than I should be optimally. I added, I gained about 30, 30 pounds in the past six months. Um, and that's because I keep putting things in that I probably should have stuck outside my memory. I I can relate to that. <laughs> yeah. All right. I love you much. I love you too. All 30 extra pounds of you. Thank you. This is more of me to love.